Hello, and welcome to the Gray Area. This is a special episode from New York Comic Con, where today I interview Don't Nod about the upcoming episode 5 of Life is Strange. This is a teaser episode where I plan to have them on the show for a much longer interview following the 20th of October, which is when episode 5 releases. So enjoy this short teaser with Don't Nod. Introduce yourselves and tell what you do um, hmm? in the game for the listeners. Of course. So my name is Raoul Barbet and I'm one of the two co-game directors of Life is Strange. And my name is Luc Begadoust and I'm the producer of Life is Strange. Now, if you look at Remember Me and other games that Jonathan's done versus this, it's very different um, mechanics and the gameplay and things like that. But you're still dealing with the ideas of rewinding time and you know how how people would change things if they had the, the option to do so. So what was the fascination with time and don't not? <laughs> yeah, good question. Yeah, the, the two games are really linked together uh, with this time mechanism and also this fact that changing small things can have huge consequences. So, Life is Strange projects begin with uh, memoriomics uh, sequences in Remember Me. When you, as a memory hunter, you're able to change uh, some part of memories of people, and of course it will change their life and their relation with you. So, this is this kind of idea and mechanism we wanted to explore with a world game. So, yeah, this is really the beginning of uh, Life is Strange, and uh, the rewind mechanism come very quickly and we try to find a good character to talk about that or this choice and consequences aspect uh, so we deal with this coming coming of age stories uh, the relationship between Max and Chloe all those layers come after on the high school settings all those the, yeah, the teenager period was for us the best period to talk about choice and consequences because as a teenager you will maybe construct who you will be as an adult after, so this is, those choices are very important. So, yeah, it, layer by layer, we begin to have life exchange projects. So, but it, it comes from Remember Me at the beginning. It seems to always be under some kind of constraint, you know? It's not like the protagonist is always just deciding to change, you know, history for the sake of because they want to be, you know, dictator of the world. There's always some reason, like in Remember Me, you didn't really you didn't really have a choice. You're kind of forced in that situation where you had to, you know, survive and this is what you were this is the way you survived to get out, you know. And and in this one, you know, she's the world is ending almost literally around around Max and she's just trying to, you know, in the in the way of a adolescent kind of survive it. Um, do you ever think about like ethical questions of having like the person that's that's the main person of the game just kind of messing with other people's history and future and things like that? Um, good question. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good question. I think yeah, the, remember me all this. The, it was really um, like um, uh, like very deep topic how kneeling to to progress and to succeed does things really bad. She's messed up with. 
people's memory, like enemies start to sing their uh, their friend. That was really a, a, a deep topic. And Max is, um, is yeah learning to, to deal with the the choices and the consequences. So it's really the fact she discovers that trying to help someone maybe doesn't do good. Like if you uh, maybe. Um, uh, Reporting someone is something that seems bad at first, but then maybe good later on. So um. I agonized about that with Kate Marsh. I wasn't sure, you know, if I if I report this, I can't decide. It was hard, and then later on, you kind of see the consequences of deciding that. Yeah, yeah this is because Milin can be seen as a very dark person or dark dark character, in fact, because she yeah, it's. It, it's quite difficult to define uh, as a character and what is not easier, but in Life is Strange you've got Max who was a lot of voiceover. You can really understand how she will, how she think about the events and she's questioning and questioning every time what she's doing. Is it right? Is it wrong? And so it helps us also as developers to talk about those topics in we think the right way. We are not judging, judging the, the choices of the player or the choices of Max or her action. It's just try to live with those choices and try to not uh, destroy, <laughs> or like you say, destroy the life of all the other characters. So it, it's quite difficult, but it's also learn to grow up and learn to become an adult. So this is what we want to talk about but it's not so simple and you don't have black or, or white choices it's even the character in the game we hope are more gray than black or white even the bad guys are not so so bad in the end there is a reason for everything so yeah we, we try to have something in between and I really like that they weren't stereotypical characters. You know, they're always there were bad things and good things about them, and and you could t you could take the low road. You know, somebody like let's say again Kate Marsh, like she has a lot of um, you know conservative religious overtones, and that could be turned into something that's maybe something that you wouldn't like as a character. But there's no real cast of how you should feel about that. You know, you can decide how you want to feel about that as a character, and she's just portrayed as a person. You have bad and good parts about that. Yeah, and I, I think even if you disagree as a person uh, about a, a character behavior or something like that, Kate is still a, a good friend and she's kind and you, you can't you can't in your in your this so yeah this is a kind of even character like Nathan or Victoria they are really interesting because you can find some really touch um, interesting and deep depths into them if you try to talk with them and to analyze. Analyze is a big one, but at least uh, if you're interested in their life and their David problems. David is good as you can as well. Yeah. David who seems like to be the, the douche uh, stepfather, of course, but you understand that also he cares about Korean uh, females. It seems like there's a trend if you look at you know the Mass Effect series and then you look at Telltale games and don't not, that people are becoming more interested in, in being invested in characters and having their choices more than just gameplay mechanics, but actual decisions as characters be more influential in games. Why do you think that is? It seems like it's changing. Mm. <laughs> um, we were talking um, in, a, in, a, in a, another interview, we were talking a lot about the interaction. 
and the fact that we are dealing with uh, what we think are important topics and difficult themes, but the fact that you are playing the game and you are interacting with this world makes those choices and those topics much more uh, difficult and important as a player. So this is why we are doing video games also and not movies. This is because the uh, scenes with like Kate or Chloe, uh, the difficult choice of it not for with Chloe, this kind of, of choices and topics, because you are involved in with your pad uh, in this story and you are a part of this story, as a player are much more stronger than just seeing uh, some images uh, from, uh, from a movie, so so and you have to be you, you really have to be careful with those topics because you are invested. The players, this is a kind of things we take a lot of time to discuss and to say, okay, we don't want to gamify this kind of topics, and so we want to treat them uh, well. And so you are an example for Mass Effect or Telltale. I think it, it's also the same. It's very good characters, very good stories, and as you are be a part of it even if there is some gameplay and it's different gameplay it's not uh, some people would say that it's not difficult gameplay but it's it's a gameplay it's you decide uh, the passing you decide uh, you decide where you want to look what you want to interact with etc you, your dialogue choices I think it's it's huge because you're part of the story so uh, I think there is a lot of players who just want to have that good characters and good story and be part of of it, and in Life is Strange, I think what the players are loving are also the characters. And uh, in, at first, I think it's the character. After you got all the stuff, maybe the music, maybe the camera works, maybe the art. But I think the character is really the most important. Element. And regarding the, the trend thing, I, I don't know, but you had like when we were young, you had these these books to choose your own adventure game. Yeah. They, they were a huge success. I think something people like to do, and the, the, the episodic format. Like, I love watching movies, but I love so much. I watch so much TV shows at the moment, and there's an explosion of the, of the, the quantity of TV shows we have uh, right now. It's a good format because it allows you to build a story, uh, go more into depth with each character, like like we try to do in like Strange. Because like if we had to make the whole story in a two-hour episode. First, you take shortcuts, so having the time to build characters and, and even controlling what you say in each episode, how what you learn about the, the situation, the characters, uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I, I, I guess that's why people are enjoying it. Talking about Don't Not as a company, um, I work in the industry as well, so I understand what a producer does, but let's go into what what is like for you working there as a producer? What do you have to do other than tell everyone, Can I, you need to give me that? Right now. <laughs> it's exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, um, so yeah, the, the game director scene, they, they handle all the, the creative aspect of the game. So my my job is less fun <laughs> uh, because yeah, it's, it's dealing with uh, basically you need to have a game at some point with a limited amount of money and, and time. And uh, I don't have the best game possible. It. So it's, it would be the, yeah, the budget, the, the resources, the the team's motivation, all the all the topics, all the kind of topics that they have, like from age rating, races, to, um, but, um, I think Life is Strange is a like a 
small budget game compared to what we've been playing in Berlin. So we had this kind of smaller team, uh, again with a really small team within Zonfnal, like 10 people, reinvesting in the game. Like they do your own stuff while other team was another team was working on something else. So they were, everyone was really involved in the game and more people joined, but it, it kept a, like a, a smaller size between 40 and 50 people. So everyone is invested. It's like the, the, each small thing you, you, you add, each, uh, each time you invest yourself in the game, it will have a huge impact on everything. So like if you want to be between 1,000 or 100 people. Or so so yeah, it was really great. And, and um, uh, yeah, we, each people, like the game directors, uh, they, they know uh, the technical constraints. We, um, they, this, they discuss with each um, each, um, each department. We we, we kind of have this um, this um, say, this way of doing things where everyone has to be responsible of what he does. It's not like a big company where we just enter a task and it's a big pyramidal thing. We try to have this kind of more agile way of, of doing things and squaring support with that. So a, a big part of my role as well was to be the intermediate between uh, the team and Square Enix. Because uh, uh, some things were kind of risky, we wanted to build this uh, very good team, so they supported that. They yes. wanted to make sure um, that they were treated the right way. But it's yeah, you have a lot of communication with the publisher, <laughs> so it's it's it was great collaboration. But we had to build. So we're really happy now where we are. But of course, it was uh, so. It's still hard to explain what you do on a day-to-day basis. It's basically sending and receiving emails, <laughs> and sometimes saying, "No, we cannot do that." And things like this. But uh, hopefully, the team was great, and uh, it's not like um, I'm not like the boss. But, uh, it's more like I support the team and I direct them. It seemed like uh, the first three episodes maybe came out right every month or so. Did you have front-loaded gameplay that you developed it up to a certain point and then just? Release the episodes and then it kind of slowed down to one side. So basically, the biggest pass was to create the, the first episode because all the game mechanics have to have to be here. Uh, the pipelines have to be ready. And it's, uh, uh, how the control moves and change throughout the game. So everything has to be good for the first episode, and then um, and then the game was not yet complete and cut in smaller pieces. So it means that while we were working on episode one, episode two was progressing as well, and. Uh, the whole story was written, but the, the small details uh, of each interaction, everything is prepared uh, uh, during uh, the production phase. So this is one of the difficulties, especially, I guess, for the for game directors, to, ha- to be able to, to accompany the teams during the finish phase of episode one, while they're working on the design of episode two, and the preparation of what's coming us in episode three. We realized during the process that it was more complicated than expected, <laughs> uh, I would say, and more interesting. and. Um, and that's why the, the steady with release uh, dates we wanted to have like six to eight weeks were slightly a little bit and we had like ten weeks for episode four and a little bit more for episode five. It's not just to make people wait, just because <laughs> there was so much work. Now to do. you're invested, you'll wait yeah. longer. So we, we prayed we asked for this please let us one week or two extra week. We we need to polish everything and we didn't want to, to rush our step and, uh, especially since the base Grew up, we yeah. didn't want to let the players down. Yeah, the episodic format is, is really tough for some aspects, and it's more like doing five games you know, instead of one. So, yeah, it's not uh, 
Mais comme j'ai l'épisode en after everybody go to holidays and no, no holidays you have to be prepared for the next time uh, it's like five motion capture sessions all this stuff so yeah, yeah. I remember because the motion capture is a really critical moment because when we record all the yeah, the scenes they have to be written prepared it's a, it's a huge task so Raoul was um, still directing it um, and I remember Raoul smile when the last motion capture was finished because yeah. it was okay. Now we're done. We can concentrate on finishing this yeah. last I'm episode. Designing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got those steps, so difficult steps, like the, the voice recording session. Like you know that you have really to, to be prepared and to be difficult and yeah. the cost. So you have to be yeah. well prepared for those steps. Yeah, um, it was yeah. quite exhausting the bio session because the studio where uh, the voiceover were recorded. So as we are in Paris, so we had like this day uh, from 10 a.m. to uh, uh, normal days to 7 p.m. And then you had to start this second day <laughs> uh, with the full like eight-hour session with the U.S. And you end up at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. And yeah, good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's quite difficult. Athletic is not, you have to be really well prepared. That's not like doing a classic game. Yeah. So, but they got a lot of very good aspects on a creative point of view, and of course, the community also. Communication backstage in each episode, all this period between episodes are just crazy to see all of the feedback, the fan arts, uh, this kind of stuff. Is, you can't have that. You have that with a world game, but you are in holidays, so you can't see the feedback. But here, we are still working between each episode, so it, it gives a lot of strength to the team to see that. Um, um, you could have waited for like uh, now to release the first episode and just uh, study to be to see the music, but it was really part of the deal that we could produce uh, uh, to see the reaction of the audience between each episode. It's, it truly felt like we um, uh, were uh, motivated by the previous creation and seeing some. Feedbacks helped us to improve some. Yeah, I was wondering, like, if you had it pretty much set in stone, or if that feedback helped you to actually change the. Course, I mean, you're kind of all developing them at the same time. New dialogue, interaction, of course, it's not an easy because it has to be written in one one line, like, uh, or just reading the theories and okay, let's do this ending. Some really good. We could have done that. Some Maxis Harris, far too <laughs> wiggling, change that. Yeah, so but, yeah, being able to, to adapt a little bit to some stuff is very interesting. A big part of the good experience. How about you? Tell me about your role and how that interacts on a daily basis. <laughs> so yeah, we are two game directors, so it means that we have to direct the game. You can say that. Um, so it, I think the most important aspect is really to keep uh, the vision for the game. So. We work with a lot of different guys, uh, very talented people, but you have really to to choose what is the best for the game. Even as we are two uh, game directors, we have also to find the right balance between what we want, because uh, we need some, for some scenes and some aspects of the game different sorts, but you have to, to find the right balance to be sure that this is the game you want to do and to be uh, effective with the team to show that this is his vision. I think it's the most important things to keep in mind. So after it's just choice, choices and say okay, uh, this kind of environment is okay, but uh, our design, we work a, a lot about 
designed the sound. We, with Michel, we, we try to keep the different aspects we, we love, and maybe we, so Michel will be more on the artistic aspect uh, and the narrative aspect with the, the writer and the voice actor. And I will be more with the camera work, the, uh, the editing, the motion capture session, and the, uh, also the, the music is a huge part of my work, with the score and the license tracks. And after you got the, the design team is really in the, in the center of all that because the, all the level designer and game designer are. This is really the, the team who has gathered all, all the things together and make the the game works uh, the game works so um, yeah we, you have to, to deal with a lot of people and to yeah, be sure i think the most important thing is to, to know what you want and to decide that okay, even if it is not the best uh, thing you have to decide that it will be this because you want the game to be like this so yeah, it's, it's so cool to be part of that and to be to work with the, the small team where you know that the decision of each people will count, count so you really uh, you can trust them and I think I hope they trust us also so yeah really interesting. Okay so one last question as you're getting ready to release on October 20th um, what should people look forward to with this next episode? This is the conclusion yes you're not going to take anything out there after this this is it final conclusion resolution for everyone. Yes. Yeah. So, I saw the, the demo, um, the preview right now, but obviously they're an audio podcast, so they won't, unless they're going to release this, is it going to be available online? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, uh, there was a, a teaser um, yesterday, a very small, small one, okay. and it's going to have small teasers uh, until the release of the, the, the full trailer, um, shortly before the release, and I'm not sure exactly about the date, okay. um, the definition. But um, yeah, like I would say, this is uh, a complete story, and um, it's not like we're gonna uh, add things in the other season just for the sake of maybe we have a lot to do another one. No, this is the complete story from the beginning. Yeah, yeah it could be the yeah. <laughs> max story. <laughs> Okay, and so where can people find that if they want to go and watch the uh, teaser trailer? They go to deltnod.com? Yeah, I think on the, on the, like, the, the live teaser channel, there is the, the, the Twitter or the... The storm, the storm is coming. <laughs> the, fa the Facebook or the YouTube or Twitter live teaser channels, also the deltnod one, you, you will find the info. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you so very much. much. Thank you for your time. At this point, the teaser trailer has been released at Don't Nod's main website at don'tnod.com. It's technically don't-nod.com, so if you're looking for it there, do a search for Don't Nod or don't-nod.com. So you can go there and watch. It's pretty much all over the internet, so if you are interested in the Life is Strange series and you're interested in the conclusion and you want to hear the upcoming interview with them in a much quieter, clearer <laughs> and audio-friendly way, stay tuned for Skype on iTunes, where you can uh, come and the episode will be released there, and also probably live-streamed on twitch.tv slash where you can go right now if you want to see the previous episode, which was Assault Android Cactus, talking about their game there. So twitch.tv slash and I'll see you next week with a new episode. <laughs>